This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu for more information. On November 19th, Amazon.com CEO Jeff Bezos announced the launch of an ebook device called Kindle. It weighs 10.3 ounces, costs $399, and can download books in less than 60 seconds. Bezos acknowledged up front that the ebook landscape is crowded with other efforts, most of them unsuccessful. But Bezos thinks he has a winner. Kindle lets users download many new books for $9.99, and it can be used without a computer, offering instead a free high speed wireless data network from Sprint. It can also download newspapers, magazines, and blogs for a fee, can store up to 200 books, uses an eye-friendly screen, and lets readers increase the type size as needed. So what's not to like? We asked marketing professor Peter Fader, Don Huseman, Senior Director of Information Technology, and management professor Dan Raff to give us their reviews of Kindle. In the interest of full disclosure, we would like to note that Knowledge at Wharton's content is available on Kindle. So Pete, Dan, and Don, will Kindle be a bestseller, or is it doomed to flop like most other ebook efforts before it? Well, how about something in between? Okay. <laughs> uh, I think it's a, this is a great move for Amazon per se. Maybe they won't sell a lot of these things, but the fact that we're having this conversation, the fact that they're getting some buzz about it, the fact that they've found a way to integrate this hardware technology with what they do, selling books, and to reminding people that they're a big online bookstore and can add value to readers in ways that other bookstores can't, I think that's all terrific. How much money they'll make off it, off this device per se, not much, but maybe the subscription service and other ways of making people more engaged with the things they sell, I think, could uh, be successful. It has striking elements of continuity with Amazon's initial operation strategy as a business. The uh, great problem of retail bookselling uh, over the entire history of the American Republic um, has been uh, having the retailers investing in inventory, which the customers who come to them don't want. Uh, in the, in hopes that someone will eventually walk into the store looking for just that book. Uh, in the very beginning, Amazon had uh, uh, physical possession and ownership of only a tiny fraction of the total number of titles it sold. It was essentially an attempt to to run a retail business in books without running inventory risk. And again, this is a way of selling uh, book content without actually owning a lot of physical books. I'm very skeptical of the physical device itself, uh, the uh, uh, a limited purpose, relatively bland, uninteresting uh, handheld device doesn't seem to me to be compelling in today's market. Uh, on the other hand, the hidden uh, there are two hidden uh, gems here. One, of course, is the uh, is the force and personality of uh, of Bezos himself, who you know is on a, the short list of people who could legitimately claim to have invented e-commerce in the first place. Uh, but in addition to that uh, is the uh, subscription service, which I think is very interesting in a lot of dimensions. The concept that you could have, as, as Bezos hopes to put in play, uh, access to any book, uh, both in print and out, within 60 seconds in your hands, is interesting. Uh, the ability for uh, 
any uh, subscription service to the Wall Street Journal or to the New York Times to appear uh, in a device that's uh, uh, handheld is also interesting. Much of this has already been available, of course, through existing handheld devices. You know, I get news regularly on my BlackBerry. People can read 20,000 titles on their iPhones today. Um, So I don't think the the, the marriage to the device, I I see the point of it, but I don't see that as as a long-term sustainable approach. It's absolutely true that when he launched Amazon.com, Bezos reinvented the bookstore. But now he's trying to reinvent the book. Uh, is he insane or is he just incredibly innovative? Well, he's certainly incredibly innovative. Uh, I do think, however, that this uh, particular device doesn't show that innovation. Uh, it's uh, single use. It uh, uh, doesn't have uh, the collection of features that would make people carry around an additional device, uh, I don't think, in their briefcase, after an initial flurry of interest in the device just for its uh, innovative uh, side. Uh, so I do think in the longer run, the real value that uh, he has and the interesting thing to exploit is this relationship with authors and with titles. Uh, and I'm looking forward to what's next after the device, in at least what I'm expecting to happen when the device fails. And in some sense, uh, Bezos is giving people what they want. They want digital content. They, they want to have it, whatever it is, uh, when they want it, where they want it. Uh, and that, while it is possible to do some reading on a on a BlackBerry, it's not quite the same thing. Uh, so whether or not this device will will bring a digital content to the next generation, who knows? But at least it means that we're we're moving there, and that uh, it will be more important for other devices to to de- to deliver the goods in, in a better way than than current devices have done so. And to pick up another point uh, that was just raised, you can see the appeal of such. Uh, a device, such a distribution channel, um, to publishers, um, publishers of books, uh, publishers of newspapers, all all of whom uh, would like to have uh, readier access to uh, uh, willing consumers uh, of their goods. Uh, And this will put uh, demand This will make demanders, this will enable demanders to have much easier access um, than they would if they were to simply rely on bricks and mortar sorts of sources, newsstands, which only ever have today's papers. Uh, You're very lucky now if you live someplace in America where the local drugstore only swaps the papers uh, uh, at a lag. So, you know, if you go away for Thanksgiving... You missed the news. Um, this this really brings libraries, major library scale collections of, of books and periodicals and so forth within very easy access. Um, and maybe people won't want to slip such a thing in their pocket, but you can easily imagine them slipping it um, in their suitcase as they pack for a trip. Bezos told the Wall Street Journal that Kindle is, quote, designed for people who really love reading. End quote. How many people are there out there who really do love reading? Is that number dwindling, and are they really more interested in being on the social networking sites and playing games? Well, if you've been reading the newspapers recently, you'll be aware that that number is in secular decline. Uh, on the other hand, uh, it's probably concentrated on, in parts of the income distribution uh, that are willing to pay for content. I think uh, people are interested in reading, or at least having content brought to them. Uh, who's to say what the next generation of this device, or once this kind of device converges with with other digital doodads, uh, to 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 bring content to people in places where 
they weren't reading the content because it was inconvenient or they were busy with other things. Now maybe I'd rather read the paper rather than uh, uh, write postings on other people's Facebook walls or something like that. So, so I think it levels the playing field a little bit, doesn't necessarily stop the decline, but slows it down. And I would also discount some of the reports about the decline in reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, to some extent, it, it is reminiscent of the discussions about the, uh, the decline in serious news because of the decline in, in newspapers. Uh, in truth, I think the generations younger than me uh, get their news from a multiplicity of uh, sources, not just the evening news and not just newspapers, but from blogs, from RSS feeds, from text messaging. Uh, and I think in many ways, a lot of reading happens in that format as well. One of the things I think that's interesting in this sort of emerging model that Amazon is playing with is the possibility of seeing that sort of uh, 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 diversity in uh, distribution of uh, fiction and what we would traditionally have turned to a, uh, a hardback book for uh, through additional uh, streams. For instance, I found it very interesting that I'd be able to get a chapter of virtually any book that uh, Amazon currently provides uh, available uh, in my hand now uh, at no charge for sampling. And I think it's very reminiscent of some of the things we've seen in the digital music f- sphere in that regard. If I were a manager of a local public library system, I would, I would read these articles about the Kindle device with some alarm um, because part of what this device will mean is that people don't have to wait in a queue to get the book from the library if that was how they were going to read it. Uh, you, you mentioned the librarians. Uh, what about people who run Barnes & Noble and Borders? Should they be afraid? This is an interesting question. People, well, the people who run borders as of this morning have more proximate things to worry about. Um, their largest private shareholder just substantially increased his stake in the company. Um, the people, but in general, the people who run these very large channels of distribution um, for the major book publishers are uh, very important customers uh, of the publishers. And I would be surprised if the negotiations between the publishers and Amazon uh, over the pricing of these were going on in complete isolation uh, from conversations between, for example, the Riggio brothers and, and, and those publishers or the people who run Borders. And, and who's to say that they're, they're shut out of this process completely? Again, we're just seeing version one of this new business model, and it's, it's quite conceivable that they'll – find some way of either jumping on the bandwagon or coming up with, with something that's competing, if not better. Uh, Don mentioned the point of, of giving out chapters for free. In, the, in that sense, it's going to stimulate interest in, in reading. It could be that you read the chapter on the Kindle and you go out and buy the book. So there's a lot of ways that, that they could come out even better uh, after this Amazon announcement. Yes, you can imagine sophisticated pricing schemes, that the point of which would be to encourage uh, one sort of transaction or another, that being one obvious possibility. In fact, I would suggest that uh, perhaps a a book purchase from Amazon.com would include immediately uh, a digital uh, version of the same book available instantly uh, on your handheld device. Again, I I have, to return to the issue of the device, I do have a, a bit of a problem with the fact that at some level, through the new model, I need to be paying for a new infrastructure for this high-speed distribution. I'm already paying for a high-speed distribution infrastructure with my other handheld devices. I'd rather not have to pay for two. 
so I would rather that uh, uh, Bezos make an arrangement with uh, other providers uh, so that what he's actually offering is a service and not a packaged uh, uh, product and service. And I think along those lines, if he had only announced the service and not the device, he wouldn't have gotten nearly the attention. So I think using the device is, in some sense, a lost leader just to, to uh, get people thinking about this business model. Even if the device goes away, I think the business model will be here to stay. But it's an interesting question whether the, business, the extent to which the business model will stick to Amazon, which has no particular comparative advantage that I can see in delivering the service. Which maybe is exactly why they're doing it, to, to create <laughs> some differentiation. Do you think at some point they would put ads on this? Personally, being the marketing guy, I'd say, sure, why not? Uh, people would just, just cringe in horror at the idea of ads showing up next to some uh, passages of in King Lear or something like that. But I think Google has shown that you can have ads in there and people either uh, don't think they notice and don't seem to mind. Uh, again, it's, it's great to see new business models emerging, and it would be tragic if people didn't try that out to see uh, if they can make it work. And the alternative is a little unpleasant as well. Uh, I can picture uh, the fact that the, the current uh, product plan is sort of masking uh, in a hardware form the DRM scheme that's uh, protecting the intellectual property of the, of, the, of the authors. So if you decouple the hardware, that means you have to face up to the fact that there may be a DRM scheme uh, in the interests of the author's uh, share uh, of the revenue stream uh, in play. And uh, uh, if you compare that to the, uh, to the difficulty of dealing with advertising, I think people would prefer the ads to the DRM. What kind of business models do you think publishers will adopt to deal with this? I mean, some of the things I've read is uh, uh, the, whether they might have different pricing for e-books uh, than they have for hardcover books, or as you just said, uh, books supported by advertising. Uh, might this also mean the return uh, to the kind of Charles Dickens type of serial novels, uh, where you could subscribe to a chapter, to a, subscribe to a book and read it a chapter at a time. What kind of business models do you think might emerge? Well, I think the subscription model, whether it takes that form, the, the serial, or or back to a book of the month club. So uh, here's uh, here's a chapter of a book you might enjoy. You know, click here if you want to get the rest of it. Uh, locking people in with that kind of subscription, not not that they'd be formally locked in, but people tend to just lock themselves in with subscriptions, uh, can be a, just a tremendous boon for, for the publishing industry. As subscriptions to, to uh, hard copy newspapers go away, this might be a natural way for people to have, feel that they have a relationship with something uh, that they'll find intellectually engaging. The Book of the Month Club in its early years sold... The numbers of copies of its main selections were typically four to six times the average first printing uh, uh, of that sort of book uh, from major publishers. So having an intermediary uh, whose selections uh, are trusted uh, uh, as, you know, a reasonable reasonable things to try uh, by a substantial customer base can be just a godsend um, to publishers. Uh, The Book of the Month Club... Uh, was uh, uh, initially uh, regarded by the book trade with some suspicion, and the publishers very, very rapidly um, thought it an enormously good thing. I also think that the uh, the value of having in a Netflix style arrangement uh, just an open 
uh, queue to books of interest to me, uh, perhaps uh, priced at different tiers for different numbers of books I could have access to instantaneously, could also make a compelling sell. Yeah, it's like having your private library of Congress. Uh, I mean, it's not quite everything that's copywritten in the United States, but for many, many residents of the mainland United States, it is at least as good as the largest uh, superstore bookstore within 100 miles of them, um, and possibly uh, as good a selection as you know, any within four hours' drive. Do you think that, that Visas will lower the price like Jobs did after, after the introduction of the iPhone? Well, that's the, the natural course of events for this kind of thing, and, and it's not clear if it's just because... Uh, in a classic skimming strategy where you, you kind of um, charge those uh, hardcore uh, early adopters as, as much as they're willing to pay and then bring it down for the mass market. Uh, when the price comes down, people will jump to the reaction as they did in the case of the iPhone saying, it's not working, he's desperate. Uh, so it's, it's hard to say when those price declines occur, what's the, the real reason behind them, but they'll happen. Well, and the other question, of course, is whether it's in the interests of the content providers to produce some competition for Amazon. I don't think there's been a public announcement of the, the contractual terms between Amazon uh, and the publishers. It would be interesting to know them. And that's an excellent point, because those details matter uh, in, in the big picture as, as much as the, the retail price of this thing uh, from the industry's perspective. So w there's much of the story uh, that, that needs to be uh, told yet. You know, I, I spent Thanksgiving holiday weekend looking at all the reviews of the Kindle on the Amazon site and found that there are more than 600 of them. A lot of the criticism seemed to focus on the fact that Amazon is charging people to read blogs and other kind of uh, free short-form content, which is available for free on other sources. Uh, do you think that was a strategic mistake for uh, Bezos and Amazon? If you think his... Potential customers uh, are people who all have high-speed Internet connections and the computer left on most of the time. Uh, I think the answer to that is yes, both in terms of ordinary consumer choice and in terms of the, the perhaps slightly grumpier-looking reactions um, that were being cited earlier. There's a cheaper way of doing it. It doesn't make Amazon look good, and it certainly doesn't seem worth the trouble to that segment of the population. Yeah, the worst uh, headline on that front, I think, is uh, to charge for a blog that I know I can read for free and that I have, you know, pushed out already uh, RSS headlines to my cell phone. That's a bit much. Uh, now, all of that said, I think the, uh, the real value here is the, is the 90,000 uh, book collection and the, uh, and the ability of Amazon to extend that much more dramatically than any of the other e-book providers have previously. I think it's worth noting here that there are many other uh, e-book device providers, including major companies like Sony, who have you know, failed miserably at this game. I think the difference here is that Amazon uh, has uh, Bezos and also has relationships uh, that, are, uh, that are the key to the success of this venture. So I don't think it's a strategic error about the blogs. This, this device, this business model uh, is going to succeed or fail for a lot of other reasons. But it, it's, it's a silly point for, uh, for Bezos to, to have created. Uh, it, it, why bother antagonizing these folks? Uh, it would have been better to, to, to take the high road, give some of that stuff away for free, maybe to stimulate some more sales of the device. Again, it wouldn't matter much one way or the other. So just get that one negative off the table. There's enough other negatives, as Don has repeatedly pointed out, uh, to, to be dealt with.
not least because those very bloggers are likely to write at length about this (laughs) (laughs) and be read by potential customers of the device. For free, right. (laughs) On the other hand, it it is an interesting fact, um, which I didn't know, that there's so much critical discussion of this on the Amazon website. That was not true, at least of the editorial matter um, they posted about books in the beginning of the life of their website. Um, You got lots of positive commentary and wouldn't really have had much sense that there had been published editorial negative commentary, at least on the books that I checked. Um, it's interesting that they're being more open now, if that's what you're describing. So, Pete, I know you're a marketing prof- professor by trade. You've also written a book on marketing. But as an author, does this have any impact on your thoughts about people having more access to your book um, well, there's a couple of thoughts. One, uh, as, as, an, as an academic, it's the more the merrier. Anything we can do to, to get the word out uh, is, is, is a good thing uh, for us. It's not like we have large audiences, and it's not like we monetize them very often. Uh, but it does affect uh, content creators. Uh, knowing, thinking about the educational market, one would think that there'll be a place for this kind of device in the market where textbooks are outrageously expensive. Students would love to carry a device like this instead of big, uh, heavy uh, load of textbooks in a backpack. Uh, I think it's going to encourage all of us to to think differently about the way that we create books and the interactive content that that comes along with them. It's going to be a slow process, but again, decent step in the right direction. One interesting aspect of Pete's remark is that uh, there were actually two very striking trends uh, in uh, the development of textbooks, one of which uh, is the dramatic explosion in price, um, but the other... uh, perfectly analogous to software bloat is the explosion in the size of these things. It's hard to imagine a parent of a junior high school um, kid where the kids trudge off to school with backpacks that look like they must weigh two-thirds as much as the kids, not thinking that this would be a useful thing. I didn't read in any of the articles about this that uh, Amazon had been into negotiations with textbook suppliers, but it is an an obvious development. As you know, Google has had a project to digitize books. And how how would you see Amazon's move playing out against Google's initiative? Well, the first point to make is to remind you that Google's project has essentially been to digitize the ex-copyright content of a number of the leading research libraries in the United States, and I believe in the United Kingdom uh, as well. So think of that as the English-speaking world. And this is giving them uh, access, in the first instance, just for searching purposes, but still an archive um, of the extant ex-copyright literature. Again, an enormous number of titles. I think one difference between the two is that in the Google case, it's we want to digitize everything. It's, It's archiving. Here, it's less about the, the breadth of the content and more about the accessibility, that you can just make this content show up wherever you are. Uh, so, in, in, so in that sense, it, it, I don't know if it either differentiates uh, this business model from Google's or, is, or, or defends against and it. And the fashion-forward aspect of the content, too. These are whatever else Amazon is going to include. They're going to include the popular novels of the day, which are not ex-copyright. That's precisely what the copyright's for. On the technology front, I think it's uh, important to note, too, that Google is interested in leading a, uh, an effort to uh, develop an 
open source operating system for handheld phones and devices. And I'm sure that Amazon is aware of the possibility that uh, developers in that space might come up with ebook readers. The author's peculiar perspective on all of this uh, is as follows. Uh, it's easy to imagine that the reading public uh, thinks that physical books are the natural form uh, in which the text of books would take place. But authors know that increasingly uh, they, don't they don't submit to the publisher's manuscripts or typescripts. Uh, they submit Word documents, that is to say digital files. And uh, there was, at least for a while, a sense that the reason that books were published uh, in hardcover codex form uh, was precisely to make it harder to copy them. Uh, and now everything's going to be digital uh, from start to finish, perhaps. One difference, I think, for the consumer, though, is that although uh, with music we have been uh, educated to uh, to learn a new technology for consuming music over the generations, uh, with books we haven't. So th this, there's a barrier there to adoption that, uh, that Amazon faces. So if you had to rate, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down on this, what would you do? Well, I'd say uh, thumbs sideways on the device. Uh, I'm, I've, I'm not going to get one, uh, but I'm not necessarily against it either. I wouldn't castigate anyone for, for, for doing so. A thumbs up, though, for, for the business model. Again, still not fully revealed, but just the idea of, of trying something radically new and different and customer-friendly. Uh, and encouraging others to, to uh, either uh, try to trumpet uh, or, or do uh, other ideas to, to bring content to people in, a, in an easy way. The Keep Amazon them. holders are not penalizing Bezos and his management team for conducting imaginative experiments, and this seems to fall squarely into the category of imaginative experiments. I would vote thumbs down on the device, but thumbs up on the service. And thumbs up on the, uh, the creativity of a mind that keeps reinventing the publishing business. Thank you all for joining us. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.